Paleo? Fucking geniuses. The way you're saying this, though, it's making me think that uh, we just heard Paleo's last rodeo. He's got one more in him. He's got one more in him? I've already got the beat. It's not It's not the madness that was that beat. All right, put that phone down. I don't want to hear the beat right now. That, that wasn't madness. It was intense. I couldn't. It was very basic. It was oh. just the reggae beat on an old Yamaha keyboard hmm. with a cut with an intro fill. Uh, there was a weird little fill in the middle. That one really was a thorn in Paleo's side. <laughs> and he had to come in on the... A lot of distress. Pesticides line. Yeah. It's a tough lyric to deliver. But you know, attitude like... attitude that I demand to bring to every performance. Yeah, but that song, like like uh, the best political rap out there, is tied to a, an, a very urgent social issue. So stick with us till the end of the episode when we will uh, tell you a little bit more about uh, what's wrong with panties. Uh, but first, but but first, maybe you'd like to uh, hear Mark uh, whisper. What was it? Panty party? No, <laughs> salad for president at the Getty Salad Garden. This is this this persona, this artistic persona, salad for president. Yeah, she's hooked. I don't know. I can't remember who it was. Uh, <laughs> Julia Sherman, maybe something like that. Hooked herself up with the Getty. Did a little garden there. She yeah. gets famous artists to come by and they make salads together. She had architect uh, Harry Gesner come and make a horseradish salad. Horseradish with. salad. They put on these gas masks to grind up the horseradish. It was an idyllic video. I liked it. It was it was the opposite of that song. It was the opposite of Panty yeah. Panty Party. It is a palate cleanser we will put in the dock. You can click and go watch that to just feel right with the world. Yeah. Then come back to us. I couldn't help but notice that... Uh, Gesner's fingernails were kind of grody. Well, he's an old man. I know. He was... It's not as a judgment. It's more like I noticed that, and then I it was like I saw a glimpse of my future. Like, yeah. shit, one day my fingernails are going to look like I've been s- cleaning corn all day. You're not going to know. 
You're not going to know that they're dirty. You're not going to be able to address I think the fact have, that they're dirty. He looked like dirty. he still had eyesight. I don't know. Maybe. I think he looks and he's like, well, that's not for today. I've got something, you know. You're talking like a young man. I am a young man. I'm young at heart. An old man, he may still have eyes that are looking out at things, but you don't know what's actually being seen. It's just a bunch of fuzz. Colors had, and shapes and fuzz. He had glasses on. He did? Yeah, I think. No, no. maybe that was the gas mask. Yeah, it was a gas mask. Anyway, great video. Uh, and I have an update here. Well, I just like the, the blending of worlds, art and food. I do too, Mark. I like the blending of horseradish requiring a gas yeah, mask. That I, was pretty intense. That was. You know, I used to have horseradish growing in my backyard when we first moved into this house. Uh, back against the fence, it was just nothing but horseradish. I didn't know what it was. And then hmm. uh, my wife's, my father-in-law came over and he's a gardener. And he's like, oh yeah, that's horseradish. Mm-hmm. It was so hard to get all of it out of there. The roots were deep and uh, and just robust and cr- and stubborn, honestly. <clears throat> and now I'm watching this video. I'm like, man, I should have, maybe I didn't need to rip it all out. I could have a little bit of horseradish. Give you a reason to buy a gas mask. Yeah, and speaking of horseradish, uh, I've got a, got a honey of a little story here for you. This is a follow-up from last week with uh, Dr. Carney. Yeah, we had Dave Carney and his wife, Tanya. Uh, Dave Carney, uh, Natchcast episode 16. Mm-hmm. Last week a we were... A Dachund aficionado. Yep, and last week he offered a, a nice critique of the, of the Super Bowl commercial, the Heinz Super Bowl commercial that had uh, warring factions, ketchup enthusiasts well, versus had mustard. Well, the, a Dogs giant dressed as hot dogs. Choosing whether they wanted ketchup mustard. or mustard. And Dave was like, why do we have to choose between right. condiments? Who gives a shit? I was like, why do we have dogs dressed up like food? Especially like a dog that Where looks are like, we? that resembles the food that you... China? Really? I think it's Korea. Southeast Asia. I saw dogs in, when we, we did traveling there. Oh, right. Back when you were getting that uh, finger in your ass. You were, what? You were watching someone nod down on dog. Oh, my God. I don't know what... I don't even know where that went or came <laughs> from. What? I, look, we're in Southeast Asia. Yeah. You had a, quick, I, a rudimentary no, checkup. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was in Nepal. an alleyway. One, that was Nepal. Behind a restaurant. One, you're thinking of Nepal. Two, it didn't happen. Oh, okay. So <laughs> you weren't looking through it. Three, Southeast Asia. I think this was Vietnam. You'd see little, like, uh, mopeds, motobikes, mm-hmm. and on the back, cages. Sometimes the cages would be full of chickens. Sometimes full of dogs. Well, there you go. Um, so just just a little bit of background so here. So maybe that should be in the strategy brief for Heinz's next Super Bowl commercial. Commercial. I think you've nailed it. Uh, I just would like to... I think just, it already was in their brief. All right, we're getting nowhere. So I just, oh my God, what the fuck? (laughs) Go. Chuck? Go. go. All right, so just as a little bit of background, let's review what goes on a Chicago dog because this latest bit of correspondence centers on the Chicago dog. Carney unlock, Carney's unlock, (laughs) that sounds different. What? Let me, it says Carney's unlock the secret of the Chicago dog. And I think what you mean is Dave and Tanya. Yeah, they're both Carney's. What I'm reading is, (laughs) Yes. Circus folk. Yeah, it was a play on that. I didn't know. Okay, I just got it. Uh, the hot dog, the Chicago dog, is topped with yellow mustard, chopped mm. white onions, mm. bright green sweet pickle mm. relish, a dill pickle spear, tomato slices, oh, yes. or wedges, wedges, pickled sport peppers, and what? a dash of celery salt. What's a sport pepper? 
they're just like these little tiny fluorescent looking peppers. Uh-huh. So now I'm, I'm going to retreat to my email here. That tastes, that looks like it tastes great. So I made the point to Dave. I said, uh, there's it this. It does taste great. I've had it and I liked it. It wasn't part of my big vegan <sighs> no. approach to cuisine. Chicago dogs are good. Which we'll hear about next week. Uh, so there's a, I, I tell Dave, there's a whole silly thing in Chicago about the sacrilege of ketchup on a Chicago dog. If you'll notice, ketchup wasn't on that list. I did notice if that. If you ask for ketchup on a Chicago dog, you're going to get, uh, you're going to get some grief. You get a finger up your ass. So Dave, Dave writes back, uh, we've been researching this further and I have this to add. How can you be so insistent on seven ingredients on a fucking hot dog and then be mad if someone decides to add an eighth? Secondly, aren't all seven of those ingredients basically ketchup anyway? Tomatoes, peppers, spices, pickles, onions. It's sort of like ketchup, which, as you know, has, at least in one iteration, 57 different ingredients, one of which might be a Chicago hot dog. I would argue that a Chicago dog is mustard and ketchup. It's just the ketchup is provided deconstructed. Mm. So what do you think of that? Interesting approach. Yeah. I love that. It's, it is. I, a, if only that were true, though. It is. It's, Isn't ketchup basically like tomato and sugar? Yeah, but I mean, Heinz 57. I if think this was the ketchup, talking about. if you put all those six ingredients together and made me a ketchup, that's great. All right. Anyway, it is, it is ketchup deconstructed because it's like tomatoes and spices. I mean, okay. some of the other things maybe. It's, what? It's, it's a nice thought. Well, look at this. He goes on. <sighs> I'm down with the shy dog. I just don't agree with their hypocrisy and intolerance over a food that is generally considered trash dining. Again, why is this, why is it, wait, why is it that the shittier a place is, the more fiercely loyal its Denzians are to it? uh, Denizens. Denizens. I always have trouble with that word. Do you? Yeah, just that one. That's the only one. All right. Uh, Anyway, uh, let's see. Seems that demented emotional connection applies to the lower portion of the dining universe as well. People are loudest about pizza, hot dogs, and chili, but you don't hear anyone arguing about whether the duck is better at the French Laundry or Noma. Well, he doesn't. Hey, Dave runs in a pretty sophisticated circle. Right? <laughs> he does. I'm, no, I'm not doubting that. Have you eaten at the I'm French? Sure I could have find, you eaten at the French Laundry? I'm sure I could find. Have you eaten at the French Laundry? Uh, this week, no. Have you ever eaten there in your life? Uh, I'm trying to think of the last time. Never. Dave's eaten there. Dave D- and Tanya. You don't think I could find some raging debate over who has the best duck if I I'm really sure wanted to? Yeah. I'm sure That's you all could. my only point. Look, I think this is a major... This is, this is why Dave Carney is the ringer in any number of advertising agency environments. Because he brings that just out of left field thing. Dude, you just described ketchup deconstructed on your shy dog... Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's a, a campaign. What? The city of Chicago could harness this. They could harness the it. The Chicago dog is ketchup deconstructed. Yeah. Because they deconstruct things in Chicago. I just, yeah, that, ma- that's a masterful point. The second point, I think there's a lot of, uh. All right. But people aren't like getting all up in arms. <laughs> think about, about how it. precious people get over food. All right, but there's a civil, food I think his point is that there's like, meh. there's a civilized debate yes, about something like that, that where people get point. belligerent about I pointed out to him, have you heard of the Wieners Circle? It's like we're in Glendale. Glendale? Georgetown. Glendale. Yep. Have you heard of the Wieners Circle in Chicago? <laughs> no. It's a hot dog restaurant, and you're encouraged to kind of like the, the, the people who 
uh, ring you up and take your order are very rude. Very handsy? No, no, no. They just yell at you and you're oh. supposed to yell back. Oh. And uh, I hadn't thought of it in a while. So I was research. I was looking on the internet for the stuff about the wiener circle. They I were want an featured. Example. I want an example. Well, let me talk to you here for a second. They were featured on uh, the t- a televised episode of This American Life on Showtime. What? Hold on. I'm going to take a tally how many times your voice cracks. That was one. That might have been two. Okay. Two. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, things get ugly late yeah, at night. How many words you get wrong? We've got two cracks, one completely botched word. That's fine. One word. I could deal with that. I'm sure you can. I hope you can. There's room in this basement for your ego and my uh, mispronunciations. I think we can uh, cram them I all think in. At the end of this podcast, only one thought leader will be standing. Yeah. Well, you better lay down now. I am laying down. See, now you've you've completely... You, just, you had the restaurant, the bickering... Give no. me an argument. What kind of no? What you kind of son of a talk? bitch. Why? They no. did. They were profiled on This American Life on Showtime on the show, and, I've never uh, seen and, the and show. they went deep with it. I'd never seen it either. I thought that was a podcast. What's it doing on TV? Dude, you didn't know they had a televised version I, of that. I did. I'm just saying. Why? Defay is screaming right now at no. her at her job box or whatever she's listening to. What what are those called? <laughs> I don't know. Those Bluetooth speakers. Oh. Or, no, she, or you know what? She just pulled her headphones out and threw them on her desk. Why? Because of the Showtime version of This American no, Life? because you didn't know. I knew. I was making a point. You didn't know. Just be a podcast. There's nothing wrong with just being a podcast. I was making a point. Well, in this in this instance, it was... I was making a pro-pod point. The, visual, the visuals were powerful. Because what happens at the Wiener Circle is that the people... The peop, you know, Chicago is a famously <laughs> segregated city. I'm just not making so many jokes. North side is, is white. South side is black. It's very segregated. And, Where are and the wiener circles? The people that work at the wiener circle, many of them are it's a white from thing, the right? south side. Oh. You know, African-Americans from the south side working at wiener circle. And, you know, it's in fun. But when the bars let out, that place is open to like five in the morning and there are four o'clock bars in Chicago. So when the super drunk people get out and go to wiener circle to order, mm. it gets ugly. Like people get racist and sexist Ooh. and it's fucked up and they had footage of it and oh, it was alarming. Wow. Wow, that's a and great sad. story. I thought you were going to give me a fun one about how they go back and forth on. No, I mean, they'll be like, they'd look at you and be like, uh, hey, Abe Lincoln, what the fuck do you want, man? Uh, Fucking order, you bitch. Jeez. I'm, that's what they'd say. And then wow. you'd be like, oh, goodness. Why? I didn't know that I had signed up for this. I don't. Have you heard my... Uh, and then you'd say, can I get a Chicago dog with extra ketchup? And they'd be like, Fucking stupid ass. Have you heard my rhymes, man? What? You heard my rhymes? I'd be fine at Wiener Circle. <laughs> You'd bring it. I'd bring it. No, no doubt. Hey, uh, I watched something on TV this week. Did you? It's Survivor. I've heard of that show. The new season mm-hmm. on an island off Cambodia, <clears throat> Kalrong. Yep, we've talked about it. All of the castaways dropped into the, I guess it's not an ocean, ocean, dropped into the water, swam to shore. Three groups, Brains, Beauty, Brawn. There you go, in the Brains group. Front and center, bow tie, ice cream pants, the man, the myth, the legend. Neil Gottlieb. Neely. Jumps off the SS Minnow Dude. right into the fray. Ep- Do you see episode one? Did you just miss my Gilligan's Island reference? I moved forward. Did okay. you see episode one? Uh, I watched some of it. It was on. I turned it on. Oh, you weren't able to focus. Man, uh, we took it in as a whole family. I, I tried. My kids were watching it, but... uh your stomach? It might have been. You might want to add those to your tally sheet, too. Nobody wants those. I can't These are microphones. They're hot. Farts. They pick that kind of stuff up. It's my inside farts. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Neil 
so you know when you know somebody who's on the show you're like wow that's, that's kind of cool yeah. And you're also, you get that nervousness, like, oh, God, is he gonna just going to, are they going to paint him as a villain? Are they going to make him look like a jerk? Is he going to be a jerk? Is he going to fail miserably? I don't think that's Neil. My I boy. No. Oh, my, my. He brought it. He did. I mean. They won the first challenge. Would... They won. Yeah. Okay. If you point it out every time, it just makes it worse. Uh, they, I mean, this was, a, I would say this was more of a brawn challenge. They needed muscle. You were pushing a big boat up this ramp, and you had to, and like they just well, no, you had to, and you had to dive in. But the brawn team, the lady dove in and lost their goggles right away. <laughs> well, you know what I saw today? Huh? <laughs> Neil's starting to tweet out little behind the scenes things. He said <laughs> that group lost the challenge because the guy jumped in, lost the goggles, nobody could see. They didn't find him, and then they voted him off eventually. He he was the one that got booted. Oh, that day, Darnell, week one, he's <clears> out. <throat> Because he lost the goggles in the challenge. <laughs> Neil tweeted out like, oh yeah, I lost the goggles too, but they didn't put it on TV. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. That just goes to show he'd already built some rapport with these people. I can see it. I can see it happening well, right he's, now. He's, he's like, he's quiet. He's kind of lurking in the background. There's a quiet lurking but, leadership happening. But there's, yes, the, he, he, there's a powerful aura. Yeah. And people are lighting him up on uh, social media like ice cream entrepreneur because that's how they labeled him yeah and they're like i wish i had that job what the hell is this and he's like uh it's pretty self-explanatory yeah it's a small business owner <laughs> yeah you might be one uh, of not- best job in the world for an idiot i wish i could do this but it's not a real job yeah well they see the word ice cream and they're just blinded by visions of sugar plum fairies he brought it so we will be doing a weekly update on this yeah. we, uh, the brush family will be watching the show the kids loved it they were in, I mean, there was a very, there was a daunting moment with this worm bur- burrowing into someone's ear. And yeah, my, my kids were not fans of that. No, they, my kids neither. They were like, oh, tell me when this is over. But see, they both, both my kids have told me that Survivor's stupid. They don't like it. I'm just saying. I, hey, I'm just Very saying. opinionated at such a young age. I know. If, it, if Neil had been on American Ninja Warrior, they would have been <laughs> locked in. They love that show. <clears throat> Well, I hope you tune in. I'm tuning in. I'll I'm give you an update in. every week. I'll be hey, bringing you the updates. I'll be bringing you the highlights because it's a bad time of night for me. It's when I'm like getting, you know, finishing up homework, mm. and it actually coincides with screen time, so it would make sense. You'd think, oh, we could all watch, watch it together, but they were just like, "What is this?" Uh, maybe, well, yeah, maybe a big draw for my kids is that they know I know him. Like, you well, know I told him, him? So I was like, Mark yeah. knows that guy. You should say you know him. Yeah, I, I mean, I know of him. Have you met him? You haven't met him. Never met him. No. I feel Say like we know him. each other. We're like bros by proxy, but... He uh, lives to fight again. Week two. And I, they're... But you see the difference? If I say I know him, they're like, whoa. If I'm like, Mark knows him, they're like, Mark who? Yeah, that's Cause nice. Because not, not because they don't respect you, but because there are a few Marks in our... Oh. In our uh, social circle. Great. You got Mark the vegan, the real vegan. Don't know him. Yeah. No, you've met him. I think. Huh. You got Mark, the, the drum teacher who moved to Portland. Oh, around, fire in the rim. Fiery rim. <clears throat> oh, yeah. He was in the band Champion. I think the song you're looking for is Frost My Donut or Frost the Donut or something like that. Sounds about right. Can we do some news? Congratulations, Neil. Looking forward to week two. He also uh, had like a big party. Yeah, you be that guiding light, Neil. <laughs> he had this party. You guide the brains. But what the fuck, man? What, what is the advantage if you're on the beauty team there? What 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 real advantage does beauty have in a survivor situation? Do they explain that in the run up? Because well, we've explained it on this podcast. Where chickens are happier when they've got beautiful owners. Tom oh, Brady's chickens. 
I know, but it seems like... That primitive instinct, you're drawn to the beautiful people. Right, but you have all the beautiful people, quote unquote, well, on they, one team. They, they, they bicker among themselves and then eventually they merge. All these three will merge. I like that their notion of beauty is at least kind of quizzical and, uh, <laughs> right. and flexible. Like that, the, that, the, that Japanese gardener? Yeah, he's crazy. I like that guy, but I don't, I don't know that he would... He also, he was like an elf and he ran away and then <laughs> jeopardized his chances by, I'm looking for the <laughs> idol, P- pulling trees up. And he, well, he was mad at that one guy for, he told the guy to hack into oh, the tree yeah. and then got like all butthurt about it. Yep. He's an odd dude. He's like, he thinks, I mean, I think trees are noble living organisms, but he said they're just like humans. Cotton candy, meat glue, magic. Uh, and that's like M-E-A-T glue, not, hey, cotton candy, meat glue. No, meat glue. Glue, cotton candy, cotton candy glue. That's a f- you guys a- know magic? There's magic over there. It's a food additive. Well, yeah, I think okay. I think cotton candy, you know magic. Glue, glue. you might not have met magic yet. Scientists- I mean, you do magical things, glue, but uh, this is a little different. I have created artificial tissues with a cotton candy machine. Did you just say you've created? I have created. <laughs> I think you started to speak and I interrupted you and then you just like picked up on the exact syllable you left off on. That was nice. So it's, it's like, I've created uh, artificial by- tissues. Uh, by Asta Thrastardotir. Mm. Yeah, that doesn't go on your little fucking tally sheet, does <laughs> okay, it? Business Insider. B.I., baby. After fiddling with the contents and concentration of the polymer solution, the researchers figured out that they could sprinkle in the human cells and an enzyme called transglutaminase. All right, again, not a lot of context. What's the solution, Mark? We're talking about is the it cotton hydrogel? candy machine. Yeah, colloquially called meat glue in the food industry to make the gel coalesce. The resulting material looks a lot like cotton candy, as you might imagine, but it's a mass of living cells connected by fibers about the same size as a human capillary. I'm sorry, could you just say coalesce again, but real slow? Coalesce. One more breath, one more time. This is the latest in scientists' recent efforts to create low-cost artificial organisms. Oops, oops, organs. 3D printing is the other popular method. But since the distribution of polymer fibers is more complex than the cotton candy hydrogel, this might be the most lifelike technique to date. Oh, that's it? I was expecting a longer quote. They're using a cotton candy machine with meat glue in it Mm -hmm. to replace your damaged organ. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting about this article, too, is... uh, You know what organ I'm talking about. I'm not sure that I do. Is it a sphincter? Uh, Is that an organ? That wouldn't be an organ. The skin... Well, skin's an organ. If if you need a new sphincter, it's not... It's okay to ask. I might have kegled mine to complete exhaustion. Oh, and they... (laughs) (laughs) What? Unexpected. What? No, okay, what's really interesting here, though, is that uh, the impetus for this was that there, there's a specific like lab machine that does yeah. the same thing. It's expensive, high fail rate. Yeah, and so they were like, maybe we should just try it with a cotton candy machine. <laughs> Worked better. The when they tested again for like how many cells were still alive a few they days later, they don't make. Yeah, like ninety percent of the cells still alive huh. in that cotton candy blend. Okay, data. And the other one, you had like I think between forty and sixty percent. Big data. No, big memory, big brain, big cranium, big strong sphincter. Almighty oh, sphincter. Forest bathing. Twirl me a new sphincter, would you? Um, Do you go ahead. I'm going to write that down. How the dirt cure can make for healthier families by... How do you spell sphincter? Uh, S-P-H-I-N-C-T-E-R. That's what I got. 
Did you hear my stomach God, agreeing? Yeah, I did. I The tallies are off. I need to... Here, hold on. Stop doing it. Dude, I, I'm not <laughs> doing it. It's doing it on its own. I shouldn't have eaten all that cereal. Here <laughs> <laughs> it is like an Ewok. Yeah, that's terrible radio. So that's, a, that's way worse than frosty, moist... Oh, and what did we add to the list? Under next to frothy, panties. Oh, panties. Not a good word. No, nobody likes the word panties. Uh, but people do like this dirt core, dirt cure. This article is by An- Anahad O'Connor. Yeah. Uh, it's New York Times, their well blog. Dude, I don't know what's going on. Just keep going. <laughs> Just keep going. <laughs> Maybe I want to massage my belly while I talk. You need some help? No, recently we caught up with Dr. Maya. I got an idea. Quit kegeling your sphincter. Just I'm read not the kegeling, quote. Man. All right, I'll just hold it. Recently, we caught up with Dr. Maya Sheetreet Klein to talk about her book, which Mark has conveniently left out of this. It's dirt. called The Dirt Cure, people. Right. Dirt means three things to me. It's eating nutrient-dense food from healthy soil. It's being exposed to certain microbes. Eating dirt. And it's Playing spe- with dirt. And it's spending time outdoors in nature. Now, we know from studies that, children, that when children spend time in green environments... In natural playgrounds, for example, or in parks or forests, they perform better on standardized tests. They're more creative. They're happier. And their cortisol levels, so crucial, are lower. So crucial that those are low. They're also, uh, they're calmer. They're less stressed. Yes. So I buy it. I buy it. Hook, line, and sinker. 100%. All the percents. Whoa. Well, there's an interesting stat that you probably should have put in here, but it's just, it's, All in, the it's in the brain here. That one tablespoon, or was it a teaspoon of, of soil, contains more organisms than there are human beings on this planet. Why don't you just sit with that for a minute, Mark? Mm-hmm. No, I want you to lean back away from the mic. Okay. Close your eyes. Yep. One tablespoon of soil. One tablespoon. When you're cooking, you often just use one tablespoon of olive oil. You know that's not much. More organisms in one tablespoon of dirt than there are. Filthy ass human beings fucking around and ruining shit on the planet Earth. Now, somewhere in there, there's some synergy to be had, right, Mark? I, I, I'm going to lean back up because <laughs> <laughs> on the one hand, I was it was very soothing to hear you speak that way. Yeah. But on the other hand, I was imagining it you, was were, a terrible you were like message. in a bathtub <laughs> full of lavender. You, you bath were, salts. You were imagining that. <laughs> what the fuck is going on I, here? I had my special vo- my special goggles on. I was just seeing you in the... I couldn't see your naughty bits. There was a lot of bubbles. It was like a bubbly tub. I could just I could just see your, your taco meat just kind of matted of, down against in, your chest. In Japan, there's this idea called... You want to say it? Oh, yeah, I better. Shinrin yoku. Shirin yoku. Shirin yoku. Shirin yoku. Or forest bathing. Shirin yoku. Which means taking short visits to the forest. It's been shown to reduce inflammatory markers in the body and boost beneficial hormones. Hell yeah! Yeah. Mother Nature provides. That ought to be like a class during the day in elementary school. This is exactly why you, forest don't, time. you don't choke out Big Mama with tons of cyanide. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're Fucking saying. The colonel knows. He knows exactly. what's up. I know what you're saying. Killing fish with endosulfan. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is next level dirt here. This isn't just dirt will help you not have asthma. This is like... It's next level dirt. Dirt is part of your your full-on fucking ecosystem, man. Well, your macro, micro ecosystem. Your yin, your yang. 
What are you doing? Go ahead and lean back again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, they're, they're, take who's five, the guy take five. that? Here it comes. I'm not on my game today. I'm feeling. I don't know. Just a little. <laughs> I think it was that that beat. I think it was so the beat. I was trying to figure out how to say something over your beat. It was a very straightforward oh, beat. And that weird drop after the first verse, I couldn't. I got pesticide. Oh, it was hard. Yeah, you were making it harder. There's than a guy to be. I can't remember who he is. <laughs> I can't remember the name <laughs> of his book, or like what became the school of thought out oh, of his oh, book. Oh, uh, it's Fast Food Nation. Is the name of the book. <laughs> Michael Pollan is the author. Well, incorrect. Or no, Eric Eric Schlosser. Schlossman. Yeah. Schlosser. No, it is Schlosser. 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 Those who know him and love him call him Schlossman. They <laughs> just call him Sloshy. I don't know. Eric Schlosh. <laughs> This whole, the captive kid, helicopter parenting, kids not being able to explore their neighborhoods or play beyond like a 10 by 10 foot radius. radius. Just radius? bathed in the glow. 10 foot radius. Of the ever present screen, Mark. And the screen, the blue Hey, this is screen. the good news. You know what? You know what we haven't talked about Tides in a while? are turning. You got, not only is it She Treat Klein. Yeah, She Treat. <laughs> she Treat's on top of it, but it's, it's. It's not only is it like a psychological, emotional thing, it's also the dirt, the microbes in the dirt and how they mm. play out. It is those things, man. But hey, it also, hey, this Farm is this is coming place. at a perfect time because uh, as you well know, we are on the precipice of a screenless future. Well, not, it won't be entirely screenless because we'll still be watching our bullshit. <clears throat> but at least some of the screens can go into the background a little bit. Stop just drenching us and stop just glaring at us in uh what kind of waves come out of that uv 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 waves i don't know about a laptop well, just any yeah like a screen cyanide these, waves yeah these, <laughs> these fucking cyanide waves boring through boring holes through your body through your mind through your soul man you gotta unplug there's gonna be less of that i was with a i saw a friend two nights ago something like that going to mexico oh great good trip and he's like i gotta get my international plan i'm like dude unplug man unplug it turn it off and besides there'll be wi-fi in the lobby yeah Whoa. pro gmo what campbell's bold new gmo plan means for the food label wars oh there's another long quote yeah dude oh sorry yeah let's not even read it yeah let's not this this article is kind of well, well, you know what they said? That, but this is great. It raises one good point, right? It's like these big companies, these big food companies now are kind of down with like a federal solution to this. They're, they don't. They see it coming. They yeah. know labeling they will know happen. They know they can't escape. Consumers are- Piecemeal state law approach makes it, makes it hard for them to sell their shit everywhere, right? Because if different states have different laws, it's going to get fucking muddy, my friend. So Campbell sees it coming in Vermont. It's going to happen. They go, here's what our label is going to be. We have put on our packaging- Yep. On the back, the yeah, same, about the same size font as everything else. Like this may contain or processed with gen- some ingredients processed with genetic. In- oh, wait a minute, it says uh, uh, it doesn't say in the quote. <laughs> See, this is where it they says need everything else. This is their, Vol- they are labeling the GMOs in their products. They need a marketer, glistening and oily, to come in and spin this shit because it shouldn't be like an admission of guilt. It's like a hey. Fortified. How about the word fortified? Fortified with genetically modified ingredients. You're not far off. I think it was Hillary Clinton at some speech pre-campaigning a year or two ago Mm -hmm. saying you got a nomenclature problem. Why don't you call it bio-fortified instead of genetically modified? We're like, oh my God, Hillary, what's going on here? 
someone. Money, 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 money. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's, she needs it. Yeah. Running out. Nah. Nah, just steam. <laughs> Where do you get steam? So Campbell's is stepping up in a big way. Yep. Among all these big food brands, they're like, yep, we're going to actually label it. It's not for the noblest of reasons, but well, whatever. Whatever. They're putting it on the damn pack. Edge. Inked at 365. Yep. This is all you. Whole Foods' new budget-friendly chain will be down with millennial things like tattoos and records. Yeah, this is this, this is the this is where you need that Dave Carney ringer in the meeting. You know, to like for point right now, out like the pie? oh no, just for this idea. I mean, the idea is good, right? Like poo-pooing, you wouldn't get your tats the at Whole Foods. <laughs> yeah, no, I think tattooing is. Well, I guess it's it could be independent cr- independent contractors. It is a noble profession. I'm sure it pays better than whatever it is you're doing right now. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Yeah, Consletting, that is a noble profession, right? Well, the way 4G does it. Oh, but not the way you do it? Isn't that what you're doing? I'm in training. Oh, you're a consultant in training. I'm not consultant in training. I'm and you're to... over here laughing at the nobility of tattoo artistry, huh? Hey, man, just... You're just alienating people, aren't you? Who? Tattoo artists. <laughs> tattoo enthusiasts. There's a lot of tattoo parlors up and down Colfax. Yeah, you're in Colorado. You're in Denver. This is there's tattooed people everywhere. Then it's just here, or is it everywhere, everywhere, everywhere? No, everywhere. people. There's tattoo. Tattooing is outlawed in every other state. You didn't know that. Mm-mm. People have to come to Colorado to get tattoos. Ever go grocery shopping? They need a federal a, law. And wish you could pick up a quick tattoo along with your tomatoes. Again, a quick tattoo. So the answer is no. Well, I mean, you may just be in luck. Whole Foods will, Whole Foods will include non-food related <laughs> services at three three sixty five, which we've talked about. The new budget chain that's completely misnamed. Yeah, it should have. What was it? Nano. Oofer. Oofer. <laughs> Nano. <laughs> Nano is a terrible idea. <laughs> Oofer. That's the Oofer. one. Oofer. It's new millennium millennial focused budget friendly chain of stores. The company's currently looking for part. Whatever. They're going to put tattoo parlors and record shops in the stores. All right, record shops maybe, but this is this is like such lazy. Oh, it's all dumb. But that's like Starbucks. No, Where's like, my CDs from? No, this is different though. This is like this Reba is, McIntyre. This is like lazy marketing that Carrie Underwood resurrected from the nineties. Harry Connick Jr. Like, how do we get in with Usher? How do we get in with the millennials? Tattoos. They love tattoos. That's our angle. Tattoo parlors. Yeah. Maybe we'll have DJs spinning records in the stores. You know what they should have? Live podcasters. Can't be far off. Oh, God. Would you do it? Get a tattoo at Whole Foods? No. Podcast from 365. Am I getting paid? You're probably getting paid some little hourly wage. Some little hourly wage? Yeah. My hourly rate is uh, not little, my friend. Then you're you're probably priced out of the discount millennial budget Uh, chain. Does this highly influential product manager podcast for pennies out of 365? Who are we talking about? I'm afraid not. Oh, you. Right. Yeah. You're in review. PM Magazine. (laughs) It was just PMYearInReview.com, I believe. PMS Review. I got a little of that, too. Um, Everybody's been waiting for this last story, Josh. We brought it to you musically up front. Mm-hmm. We teased it out. We've been teasing it all hour, half hour long, whatever whatever time we're at. We're at 35 minutes, and we've been teasing the poison panties here and there there's, the whole time. There's so many utterances of the word panties are about to happen. And there have been uh, many uh, many warnings to Mark 
about the fact that people don't like hearing the word panties. I did want to call this episode Dirty Panties. He did. He was dead set on it. I think that's a bad idea. Assuming this episode is called uh, Bamboo Banana Hammock, Hammock, you can you can thank me for that. Nope, not going to be. What's wrong with Banana Hammock? People love that. Well, you just switched. You just switched villains. Yeah, but there's nothing like sex crimey about Banana Hammock. It's just like bro on the beach being kind of. If the pesticide in your pants was connected to suicides in India, that's a we got a big leap. We should probably unpack there. Would you pay more attention to the undies you buy? This is Robin O'Brien on her blog, and now she's about to quote Melody, oh God. Mayweather. Mayweather at UNFI. Cotton is considered the world's dirtiest crop due to its heavy use of pesticides. Aldecarb, cotton's second best-selling insecticide and most acutely poisonous to humans and wildlife, is still used in 25 countries, including the U.S., where 16 states reported it in their groundwater. And then she, there's like a litany of horrific statistics about Yeah. Okay, fashion mogul. What am I, Kanye West? Clean up your act, yeah. Who, me? You. I buy organic cotton whenever possible. Do you? Oh, yeah. Where? Uh, I have a couple of (laughs) t-shirts from American Apparel that are organic cotton. Even even H&M has uh, organic, sustainable, branded shit. My my main, oh, geez, yeah. Panties, you want to get back to the panties? No, I also just don't, like I... I, I'd like weird clothes or whatever, but I don't like buy clothes constantly. I buy something and I wear it till it is threadbare. You know, that's how I fight the good fight, I guess. Here's what needs to happen, though. We just need to wrap this up. Burn no, burn down all these cotton fields and just plant hemp. Oh, you want hemp clothes? That's just as soft as cotton. Regrows annually. Doesn't require a bunch of fucking shitty pesticides. You can just let those CBDs soak in. Literally grows like a weed. I think, uh, hence the name, perhaps. I'm just guessing there. Yeah, I'm I don't conjecting. Think it does grow like a weed. That's no, all right. it does. It grows just randomly in ditches. That's why you've never heard the term ditch weed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have. Yeah, because it just grows in ditches. Got it. People don't plant it, it just grows. I think that's the definition of a weed, right? It just grows spontaneously, it doesn't need to be planted. Could, Maybe that's not the definition of a weed. I don't know, yeah, good point. What is the definition of a don't weed? don't know. So many questions raised. Well, look it up. But anyway. If I Google weed, that's not what I want. All right. <laughs> is it anything like when you Googled oh, dirty go. panties? Oh, that didn't little, go well. That uh, did not about an hour well. ago? Oh, man. Yeah, that was a, that was a rough. I think a, I, you're blaming my beat for throwing things off. I think it was your seconds. Google image search that is throwing you off today, my friend. A weed is a plant considered undesirable in a particular situation. Oh. A plant in the wrong place. So it's subjective. Yeah, very much so. A plant out of time. Like if you were gluten intolerant, and all of a sudden there was a gluten plant in your backyard, that could be considered a weed. You mean some wheat? Or gluten. <laughs> One of those fabled gluten what, trees. What, I got that wrong? Yeah, you did. And your voice cracked a little. No, me? Nope, nope, nope. Hey, you know, uh, I want to just get this on your radar before we sign off. Oh, we're done? Well, we could keep going. The um, It's in my calendar. So this is what everybody enjoys about you when you decide to go pull up some email or something. Fun radio. Oh, hey, I can tell you. I saw uh, Stellan Skarsgård's penis last night. Hold on a second. Uh, March 26th. Yep. 
One year. One year old. One year. Oh, one year of Natchcast. Huh? One year of Natchcast. Episode 000. One year ago on March 26th. Experimenta Colada. We need to get on the, We need to sell. Well, we should celebrate it. Whatever. Nah. We didn't, we'll, make we didn't, a, we'll make a meme. Well, maybe maybe episode 52 should we'll be. We'll make a digital poster. Because we had talked about drinking bush beer for episode 50, but then we remembered we had to. I think we're going to have more than children. 52 in the first year. That wouldn't surprise me. We're overachievers. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, penis. Oh, uh, I watched a movie last night, a Norwegian film called A Somewhat Gentle Man. You see what they did there? Like a gentleman, but oh. but it was two words. Okay. Wow. A, a somewhat gentle man. And he plays an ex-con. He gets out of jail at the beginning of the movie. Wait, who? Stellan Skarsgård. Is he an older man? Uh, yeah. Was he, he in that Netflix series River? I don't know. Have you seen the Avengers? He plays, no, and he's in the no. Thor movie. He's like the no. physicist. I look him up. I think he's River. I think he might be Peter Sarsgaard's father. I'm not positive. Or Skarsgård, or is it Scars? Yeah, Sars? you got to look, watch that show. It's like a four or five, six, six episode thing on Netflix. I'd rather talk about his penis. Stellan Skarsgård. He's very good in it. He's very good in just about everything, and he's excellent in this movie. So he just gets out of prison. He's got this crazy little like ponytail mullet thing happening. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, he was part of like a kind of a bumbling organized crime ring uh, before he got put away. And he, he quickly is intercepted by his uh, his boss, his boss fella. Cracking all over. Who was kind of a low-level thug. Mm. Sets him up with a an apartment in his sister's building. So Stellan's character is in the basement. Do I need any of these details? The ba- his, his apartment looks just like a prison cell. Okay. I mean, hey, metaphor. <laughs> Okay. But anyway, he- Did you get uh, this movie from the uh, library? I did. All righty. Yeah. And uh, his his new landlord- Were you wearing drop cot, drop crotch sweatpants and an organic t-shirt? Uh, when I was watching this movie, I was- For part of it, I was just in my yoga shorts because I was doing some stretches. But it's, a, it's in Norwegian with English subtitles, and it's kind of difficult to do some of my yoga poses while still having to look squarely at the screen. If I'm watching an American movie, I can kind of stretch and check in periodically. So the first half of the movie, I watched that way. And then the second half, I crawled into bed and was uh, was naked in bed. <laughs> Unbelievable. So there was a spiritual kinship. I, I would think you were making it up just for like comedic effect, but it's entirely true. What time? This is when? Night? Daytime? When La- we- last night. Last night. Okay. Yeah. Were you alone? Uh, Nicole was on a call with her business partner, so I was... Yeah. Just nude in bed watching Norwegian library films. Well, let me tell you this, okay? There's a scene later in the movie where uh, Stellan's character, there's a love interest. They make passionate love. And then uh, the next scene, he's he's wearing her robe. Is it a younger woman? Not, no, not oh. really. I mean, a little, but not like obscenely younger. So it's a very kind of like touching and tender and real feeling movie. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's eating, she's prepared him some fish cakes and, he, and homemade tartar you know sauce. What, you know what's in fish cakes? Meat glue. Not, bind, no, she, I think she made them from together. scratch. Yeah, she might have used it. Doubtful. But, Molecular uh, gastronomists use meat glue to bind weird meats together all the time. She didn't do that. And he's eating and he's wearing her robe and then she kind of freaks out because her her husband is kind of, her ex-husband is a real asshole and she just is kind of cautious and skittish. Freaks out and so he kind of gets up to leave and he he just takes off her robe and you see him kind of from the side but you see his 
you see his phallus. What the hell, man? This is like <laughs> 10 minutes on <laughs> some brief moment of frontal nudity. In a it's not frontal. It's sidle. Why? It's, why? It's, <laughs> this has made a huge impact on you? Profile nudity. No, not really. Male nudity. You're just all in. Well, I blurted it out just kind of more to fill the space, but now I'm now I'm seeing the significance because you put you pressed me, you asked me what I was wearing, and now I realize at that point in the movie, I also was naked. He and I were nude together. There is a, a uh, psychological disorder where you like project <laughs> your own real life onto a, like a cinematic moment, or in, in, or bring that cinematic moment into your real life and decide that there's similarities that really matter. No, oh, I'm just saying there's kinship. Like all of a sudden your life is more v- deep and real because the movie joined it for a second with some sidle. No, it wasn't any of that. It was just, I was experiencing a moan of just kinship with the world and with men and with other penises and feeling okay about it. I don't see why that's a problem. Here's, here's my criticism of the movie. It's, it's a, it's a really nice movie. I, I recommend going to your local library and seeing if you can find it, but check this out. This, this is something that happens Wait, in a lot of uh, movies. It was beautiful. It was just beautiful. What I said? Or the movie? No, what you said. Okay, but here's something that happens in this movie that happens in a lot of movies that uh, I think a lot of people, it's not, it doesn't throw them off track. But as someone who's been involved with two uh, deliveries of children. Oh, boy. There's this thing they do in the movies where like the water breaks dramatically and then 10 minutes later the baby's there. And the water always breaks out of nowhere, kind of. And sometimes that happens, but it coincides with contractions and it takes for freaking ever, mm. you know? So, like, there's a scene where the a lady's water breaks and he has to help her to the hospital. And, like, on the way to the hospital, she's like, Whoa! and so she just has the baby in the back seat. But she's been I mean, having no contractions previously. It's just, like, within happen. 10 minutes. That can happen. Not common. I don't think it's common. And I think sometimes movies rely on it as a plot device because it's useful. I, th- I think you should have end- ended this episode on your brief moment of uh, stardust man love. I mean, that can that can happen. We can fade out there. I think you do. But I'm giving people a nugget too, like something to think about. They don't Cause, want Because once you, once you notice that in a movie, then when you start watching movies, anytime there's like a pregnancy in a movie, you're like, hmm, how are they going to handle this pregnancy? Mm. Are they going to use it as a cheap plot device and make the water break and get someone's mm-hmm. pants wet and is the baby going to be here pants five minutes panties? later? You mean panties? Now that's an outro. You end with a question. You end with wet panties. and You end with a feeling. You end with uh, a... Yeah. I think that's more just a beginning. Yeah. Well, it's cyclical. Uros, buros. No, I'm... Yeah. All right. No, I mean in life. I was... As in death. I was doing the wet panties. As in the cinema. It's not an ending, it's a beginning. Oh. Oh, so is this like your Sid Field thing? This is this is like the bro countering your yeah, I was making like a sex joke. So you got joke. act one, act two, act three, but then I'm you making got making a sex joke, you're over there going, I'm nude, he's nude, it feels right, the world is good. Yeah. Isn't that what's it's just countering the But isn't that what cinema is really there for? It's I don't know what's it's cinema. an empathy engine, man. Hmm. Used to be. No, no, it's just no, it's just blue dazzle. Well, it's because you're watching the wrong movies, man. No, I am not. Come on, homie. I don't go to the movies anymore. Neither do I. But you don't go to the fucking library. You don't check out foreign films. <laughs> I've told you multiple times. This library has. I need them on Netflix. Tons of Criterion Collection movies. Ooh, you can't go wrong with a Criterion movie. I'm in. 
Let's do it. All right. You make room in that bed for me one night? Okay. We could podcast live, naked, in bed together. I don't know how well that's going to go over. Watching over the top. Ooh. Singing Kenny Loggins together. Occasional Logia impressions. Here's what happens, though. When you watch over the top, or at least when my brother and I used to watch it, by the back third of that movie, you're watching while you're arm wrestling. You're having little arm wrestling competitions. And you're trying to do that wrist thing. Do you remember the wrist thing that he does? Get your hand off my butt. Do you remember that? Was that a Robert Loja? Yep. He's my grandson. You're a bomb hawk. Would you just shave your chest? Did you know? Oranges have more vitamin C in them than 